Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. There's been a couple of experiences uh, lately for me that have kind of led me towards what I want to share with you this morning. Uh, And so the the first of these was that I was tasked with reading a book. I know, right? A book. A real real book. Uh, And if you know me, you know that that's actually not something that I tend to do that often. So um, it was actually reasonably significant. Uh, But it was part of, I'll do some part-time study at the moment, and there's this great book um, that I was to read, uh, which was Joel Green's The Theology of the Gospel of Luke. So uh, the thing about this particular book is that it's it's not a commentary-style book. So obviously he's talking about the book of Luke in the Bible, and uh, but it's not a commentary style book in that it's not taking a chapter and a verse and kind of breaking down what it means about, you know, things that it means about those particular chapters or verses. It's more of a narrative theology book. So basically it's, it, it, it brings together the, the significant theological themes that are presented within the Gospel of Luke, and it pulls them together. And so each chapter is kind of on one of those particular theological themes. And one of the chapters in it just really grabbed me, and it was the, uh, the, the chapter that was broadly about ministering to the poor. And so... Uh, What uh, Green is saying in the book is basically that we get a lot of our theology of ministering to the poor from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, It's it's really important, you know, in our understanding of, you know, walking out of Christian faith and as a community and so forth. But what Joel Green was making the point of is that perhaps this idea of to the poor is far broader than we may expect it to be in just kind of economic sense. And so it, it, it grabbed me, and what he was saying is that actually, perhaps it's more like those that are excluded within culture, uh, as in like the poor, uh, are to be included within this gospel, this kingdom story that we've got. And it really grabbed me as I was reading it, I thought, man, yeah, it's something for most of us, you know, we might have some level of um, understanding about it, but, it's, uh, but it was just, you know, took it to a whole nother level. The other thing that's uh, comboing in with that was that a couple of months ago as a staff here at church, um, we, uh, we did some work with strength finders. Uh, so Julianne uh, Devet, um, uh, is part of our congregation and she took us through uh, this exercise with strength finders. And so some of you are kind of nodding and oh, yeah, I've done that sort of thing. If you haven't or you're not familiar with it, this particular um, activity is that you, you have a questionnaire that you do for yourself. Uh, you, you know, fill in a whole lot of questions. It spits out a report about how you tick. You do a little bit of, uh, you know, work on that. And then for us, we came together as, uh, as a staff and you're basically, you're working out, okay, given all of our different strengths, how do we best work together? All right, strength finders. And I'm comfortable enough to tell you <laughs> that uh, my top uh, strength out of the 34 that there is, they kind of split out the top five, my, my top strength is Includer. Ah, yeah. And so um, 
uh, yeah. So rather than the thought, oh well, that's just like Jesus, you know, Jesus included. <laughs> In reality, all of the strengths are Jesus' strengths. Okay, so just I don't get any extra brownie points for that. Um, but rather than thinking, oh yeah, okay, that's that's for uh, highlights for me. What what grabbed me about it was ah oh, the realization that's why when Joel Green is talking about Jesus including broader than what I I perceived to begin with, that's why it grabbed me because it aligns to me in my uh, in my strengths in my in my personality. And so for the for it is the word includer the strength includer is as it sounds. So includer is just someone who likes to include others. They they, they sense that uh, when someone feels left out and they make they like to make the effort to include them in to whatever's going on. And so I, I was thinking about this and just thinking about the reality that you know for every single one of us we have this deep inner need desire want to be included, to belong, and, and it, it expresses itself in many different ways and in many different layers uh, within our lives. You know, you, you, you think of friendship groups and the want, the desire to be included, uh, sports teams, Hobby groups, music groups. So, you know, last night, uh, watching the rugby, condolences to any Australians who are here. Um, you know, you look around the, the crowd, what colour is it? It's black. We just have this natural desire going to the game, I'm going to wear black. I want to, I, I want to belong to what's going on here. I want to be part, I want to be included in what's taking place. It's this, this natural inner desire that we have to be included in our, in our workplaces, in our families, and the, the way that we go through life and trends that are set and the clothes that we wear and the houses that we build and the style that we do things. Is there is this idea of including, of belonging, of wanting to be part of what's taking place. And, and it's, it's, it's good, you know, like it's, well, it can be bad. There are actually many aspects of our, of our society that if it's done in an unhealthy way, then it leads to things like gangs and uh, substance abuses and things like that, where actually we see the very real pull of the want to belong, the want to be included, leading us in unhealthy directions if it's not in a healthy place within our own lives. If we haven't settled for ourselves, how is it that I am to belong? If it's unhealthy for us, it expresses itself in unhealthy ways. There was a, a TED talk that I listened to this week. Uh, it was, they were presenting the results of a 75-year study of uh, this group of people, a wide-ranging group of people, predominantly men, uh, just to put the bias out there, because it was 75 years old, I don't know, that's what the decision they made when they started the study. But anyway, it was, um, it was boiling down who was happy, who was successful, who was fulfilled within their life. And they very clearly found that it wasn't to do with uh, you know, income bracket or uh, you know, job or uh, where somebody lived or what overseas holidays they'd been on or any of this sort of stuff. It boiled down to whether or not they had significant, committed, life-giving relationships in their world. 
whether they felt like that the important people around them they were truly committed to and they were committed in reverse back whether they were included whether they belonged they were healthier at 80 and 90 if they had that sense they were more fulfilled in their life C.S. Lewis uh, talks about this he's got this great, this great quote which is a lot longer than what I've got on the screen there but I'll just read this particular part and it's from um, an article that he wrote that in a ring I believe that in all of our lives at certain periods and in many of our lives at all periods between infancy and extreme old age one of the most dominant elements is the drive to be inside the local ring as he refers to it as and the terror of being left outside of it the thing is that God knows this longing in our heart, right? You know, right near the beginning of the book, in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. He, he gets it. He understands it. It's actually the way that, the way that he has created us uh, to be. And what I want to uh, try and do this morning is, just in a very condensed sort of way, is I want to bring some of the ideas that particularly Joel Green uh, helped me with, uh, within the Gospel of Luke to the surface of what Luke is talking about in terms of including the excluded. This, uh, you know, um, I'm in a quandary because this is a really big topic and uh, we, you know, it's, it's a short amount of time and if, if something in this kind of stirs you, I'd really encourage you to dig more into it because there is something really significant in it. And like I said before, if we have a warped sense of how to be included or uh, who is to be included or excluded then we get into unhealthy places we as a community if we don't settle this well about who is to be included here at church at Shaw Vineyard then we get into unhealthy places and it's important for us to be in a good healthy issue and I want to say also from the get-go if you've ever experienced that sense of exclusion from a church environment maybe even here at your vineyard I just I just want to say that that's a broken people thing that's not a God's heart thing but we're all broken people and it happens right so I hope and pray that this will be helpful. helpful. So right in the start of Jesus' uh, public ministry, his, his launching into who he is in Luke 4, he's in the synagogue on the Sabbath, he's handed the scroll, and he reads from Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, I like this real, you know, this, this, this dramatic moment, right? Today, this is Jesus saying, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's this incredible setting the scene moment for Jesus. 
And it causes, you know, if we know the story, it causes quite a stir for those that are there, right? But for us, it raises important questions as a result, like who are the poor, the prisoners, the blind, the oppressed? And what does it mean to preach good news to them and to see them released and free? Again, I'm not proposing to answer every one of those questions, but I do want to pull out, pull out one particular aspect in here, one of the concepts that is so strong in the way that Luke presents his gospel, and that is simply the including the excluded. Jesus is out to include the excluded. You see, the, the thing is that in, in Greco-Roman culture that Jesus is speaking to right now in this particular moment, this like status is just all over the place, right? It's just pervasive throughout throughout society. So you could have your status uh, based on your either your performance, so how well you do at a certain task or activity, or you can have your status based on a, something called ascription. So ascription is just uh, it, it, it's it's a whole lot of uncontrollable external factors. So it could be your family heritage, your gender, your genetic attributes. And, and so within these, there are things that can lower your status and cause you to be dishonorable and excluded within culture. Things like you, your physical defects or being crippled or being blind or having leprosy or a sickness of some kind. Being a woman. Being a child. They lower your status within society. This is just who he's speaking to. They all cause you to be in some way dishonorable or excluded. But through this opening proclamation from Jesus, he is saying that those who were excluded, who are dishonorable, who are low down on the status scale, can be welcomed and can be included. In Luke 5, 27 through 32, for example, we read about uh, Levi. So here is just him going in to look at some examples. He uses Jesus' life to give examples of how the excluded can be included. So here's this tax collector, Levi. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. This is, this is a statement of inclusion. Here is this Jewish rabbi leader who comes along to this tax collector who, who should be discounted for anything spiritual or important. And he says, come and follow me. Then in verse 29, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus includes Levi, and Levi in turn includes Jesus, calls this banquet, has a meal with him. Having a meal around a table, this table fellowship, so to speak, that's like, that's like saying you're part of our extended family. You're, you're welcomed here. And here is Jesus making this specific point 
And Luke, picking up on it and bringing it to the surface, even as a tax collector, you can be included into the story of the kingdom of God. Then there's a slave that's healed, who's the centurion slave. He's, he's lowly, he's excluded, he's, he's one of those low-status people in Luke 7. Or children that Jesus encourages to come to him. Uh, in Luke 18 verse 16, but Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. This is radical inclusion. Children, it's the seen and not heard sort of thing within this culture. They're not meant to be given focus. They're lowly. But Jesus is saying, even these children are included in the kingdom of God. You've got Gentiles, all those who are non-Jewish, invited to be included as God's people in Luke 2 and other places. And of course, you've got women. Women are given a special reference throughout Luke's gospel. Again, being, being made very, very clear that they are included. Their default setting of exclusion is not the default setting for the kingdom of God. They are recipients of healing in Luke 4, 8 and 13. They're held up for their example of faith and faithfulness in Luke 7, 8 and 18 and 24 as traveling companions and contributors to what the disciples are doing earlier on in Luke 7. Even right near the very beginning of Jesus' uh, launch onto the earth, Luke and Mary are, sorry, Mary and Elizabeth are presented as spokespeople for God. They are included within this kingdom story. Those that society has excluded. However, it's not just those who are lowly. It's also those of high status. So Jesus is also found in Pharisees' homes. He's also invited to the table to share meals with them. So for example, in Luke 11 and verse 37, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. So from Pharisee to tax collector to child to woman to leper and of course to you and me. Here is this invitation to be included within the kingdom of God. So if you've ever felt somewhat excluded, if you've ever felt like you didn't quite measure up, if you've ever felt like your, your kids weren't quite perfect enough, they don't go to the right schools, you're not in the right income bracket, if you've ever felt like you've stuffed up too many times, if you've, if you've ever felt like you just weren't quite good enough for the kingdom of God, if you ever felt like you just, it was just, it was one too many steps that I, 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 and I can't, I just can't quite, a, quite fit. I think that the message that Luke is trying to portray through this gospel story of what Jesus is actually here to do is, is really clear. That no matter if you're 
feel like you're low or high. <laughs> you feel like you're, your car's too dinged up or too flash. You know? All of us. The invitation is here for the kingdom of God. Ephesians 2 verse 13 But now in Christ Jesus you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And of course the, the natural flow from, from being included. And I, I kind of just want to stop there for a second. Because for some of us here hopefully what you've just heard is enough you have felt the very real sense of being excluded for whatever reason. And that's enough. But for those of us who have been around church for a little while, this is probably not any, any sort of new concept, definitely worthwhile to linger on. But the challenge and the flow on is that if we are included, we are to include. I noticed it just this week um, in the road to Emmaus. So Jesus has risen from the dead. He's walking along the road and some disciples come. He starts talking to them, but he, he keeps his identity you know, uh, withheld from them. They're talking away, talking away. And, he, and there's just this, this beautiful moment of switch. So these disciples at some point have been included in the journey, right? And then Jesus comes and says that he's, he's, it's as if he's going on and going to spend the night somewhere else. And his disciples urge him strongly to stay with them. Just this little moment. Just simply where those that were included became the included. Without knowing the identity of Jesus, they said to him, no, 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 go, right, come, come to our place. Come, come and have a night here. Come and have a meal. Just this natural flow of looking to include others. And that's really our challenge. It's just the simple thing for us to know that we are included, but then to include. And I, I must admit, I um, when I uh, heard the news article about Greg Boyd uh, this week, some of, so TVNZ presenter, many of you would have seen uh, media and so forth about it, but he, he passed away suddenly, it seemed that it was suicide, um, and suffered from uh, mental illness, depression and so forth. And I must admit that as I saw the various kind of articles and so forth coming out, I, I just, it just made me think, you know, who, who is there in my world, our worlds, that kind of come in and go out and have this deep, very real longing to just be included and to be loved and to be felt part of something like their life was important that we don't we don't realise, we don't switch into, you know. This is such a significant thing for us. What could our businesses and workplaces look like if we carry this this theme of inclusion into them? What, what would our families look like? What would our schools look like? What would our house groups 
look like? What would our outreach into the community look like? What would our services look like? What would our church be like? If we just held this commitment to include. In a few moments' time, we're just going to um, take communion together. And I thought we probably should get at least a little bit practical with this. <laughs> and, uh, what we're going to do is um, Adele's going to come and play. And, uh, and then if we could just grab some bread, some juice, gather together, let's include people around us, right? So come together in threes or fours and just quietly take communion. Just let someone in the group kind of lead and, and that will be that would be awesome. And then I'll I'll call us back, I'll pray and, and then kind of dismiss us from there. And once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.